Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. I Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Friday. Text rolling in. We'll get to them. Here's one real quick. Sean, it's a fair rule. For those who missed the previous segment, I tried to establish a new social media rule in light of Chris Farley's would-have-been 60th birthday yesterday, which I was reminded of dozens of times on my timeline. You can only tweet that someone would have been X amount of years old today if they led a lifestyle when they were alive where they should have made it to that age. Uh, 6376. It's a fair rule, Sean. It's interesting to remember just how old some of those people would be when you remember ain't no way they would have lived to be that old. That's my point. That's my point with uh, with with Chris Farley. Um, I uh, you know what with Elvis, I like thinking about how old Elvis would have been. You uh, know, it's also a good reminder sometimes. They're like, all right, let it go. He totally would have been dead by now. Yeah, yeah. Elvis is Elvis would be like in his nineties by now. I think right thereabouts. I think so. Um, so let's get to uh, Ryan Presley. Uh, he was at Ash- Ryan, no Elvis Presley. Elv- <laughs> Elvis Presley's yes, he was born ne- in 1935. Great nephew Ryan. Um, <laughs> so he would have been 88 years old. Yeah, something he, could, like- he could conceivably still be alive. All right. Um, so Ryan Presley, the other Presley, the Presley that's very popular here in Houston right now. He um, he met with the media for the first time in spring training. Uh, this is. Uh, this is a big topic. Josh Hader signing his big deal to become the closer for the Astros. So Ryan Presley being moved to setup duty. Let's start with this one. How are you, Ryan Presley? Here's his thoughts on adding Josh Hader to the mix. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we got a great bullpen. Probably one of the best bullpens in the league. Um, you know, I mean, I get paid to go get three outs. It don't matter if it's in the fourth inning or the ninth inning. So um, whenever the phone rings and, and they tell me to get in there, I'll get in there. Okay. I'd love to see them bring him in in the fourth inning just to test him on that. Hey, Presley, get in there. It's the fourth inning. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like out of the blue, they're like, no, you're long relief now. Right. You're actually, uh, you're going to be, we, we want you to go in from the fourth through eighth inning. Okay? Piggyback guy. Deal with it. Yep. <laughs> um, here's another one from Presley. Were you surprised by the hater signing? Yeah, it was a surprise, but I mean, if it, I mean, he makes our team better. You know, he's, he's hands down one of the best relievers in the game. And, you know, when you add him to our bullpen, we're just that much better now. So, um, again, you know, I'm happy he's here. I'm, I'm happy that I get to share a bullpen with him. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun time. And, you know, he's, he seems like a great teammate. So I'm, I'm excited to be here with him. Our friend Jackie Goss pointed this out earlier, Seth, when we played this audio earlier in the show. That Presley did say he's one of the – that Hater is one of the best 
relievers in the game, not one of the best yeah. closers in the game. Oh, that's a good point, Jackie Goss. Mm-hmm. Oh. Hmm. He's one of the best relievers in the game. Yeah. He didn't say he was one of the best closers in the best game. Best relievers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, haters, uh, you know, the interesting, like, haters, haters' strikeout rate wasn't as good last year as it had been previously, like when he was genuinely – like a, a, a dominant, a dominating, yeah. classic closer-looking guy. I wonder if there's a part of Presley. It's kind of like, look, I, I I get it if you bring in somebody that's like at the peak of his powers compared to me who had a drop off last year. But we're not the we're not so different, you know, based on one year of performance. I think that's where, like, if 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 Presley's feeling that way at all, which it would be totally natural to feel that way, I would just say, man, part of it is. Part of it is just accepting that you're 35 years old. I, this is what, it, like with defensive linemen, I, you know, I've told you forever. The nice thing about being a defensive lineman is if you can handle it the right way, if you're a pass rusher, that, yeah, you get, your role gets reduced, but it gets reduced in the, in the fun kind of way. Uh, like in the Jerry uh, Hughes type of way. Yeah. Where, oh, you get, you play 20 snaps a game as a pure pass rusher, like the least physical aspect of the game. So I think with Presley, it's like, all right, man. You let go of the ego a little bit and just accept and embrace maybe the fact that they might use you in different ways, but you can string your career out another four or five years if if you so choose. I think that there's that part of it. But beyond that, like I w- unless I heard of drama behind the scenes or something, it's it's perfectly natural for anybody on a team to to, to hate being demoted, but you also still try to be a good teammate and not be somebody that like shows it outwardly as talking smack behind people's back and all that. I would be Super disappointed, and yeah. probably think less of Ryan Presley if he wasn't bothered by this. Uh, oh yeah, that's a, okay. That's a good way to frame it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like he's, yeah, like you, you have, yeah. If you got that juice to want to be the closer, it doesn't all of a sudden just evaporate right. when you're not the closer. Right anymore. now, similarly, I would be disappointed. Disappointed if, however, he was feeling or however I hope he feels about it, slighted, yeah. diminished, competitive juices flowing, all those things. That if he then somehow made it an issue that affected the team, you know, yeah, like th- those yeah. are, so that's where I'm at with it. Like, I hope that, I hope he's just saying the right things and it, he actually does feel a certain kind of way about this. You know, um, okay. So that when we did that benefit for Texas Children's Hospital, uh, where I interviewed Eli Manning and Peyton Manning together on stage, uh, you know, there was a, there was a certain topics they wanted to stick to, uh, you know, not go too far away from those topics, but I can't, I can't help if I've got a follow-up question that I think is a good one. And, and I can't remember where it came in or why, but it occurred to me, Eli Manning was talking about, um, giving advice to rookies, I think. And it was, it was when Eli Manning was benched and at the end of his career that came up, he wasn't talking about it, but I brought that up that like, Hey, you handled that in just about as admirable a way as anybody could have ever handled it. You talked about being a resource um, f- uh, for the guy and being there to help out the team no matter what. And and I was kind of taken aback. Like, Eli, I don't think Eli was very happy I asked him about that. He kind of joked about how, like, yeah, thanks for bringing up that most painful memory in my life or what have you. Uh, <laughs> and it was funny, but I think there was some truth to it. I, I feel like he like that's the that's what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you you've got a spot. You you you're a competitor. It it doesn't make it easier that like, oh, I'm older and I'm not as good as I used to be. It still hurts yeah. when you lose that spot. Would have been funny if his reaction to that was to like elbow Peyton and go, 
Look at 60 Minutes over here going off script. Hey. <laughs> well, Mike Wallace, yeah, exactly. uh, I guess what I would say Ooh. is, didn't realize I was dealing with Geraldo here. <laughs> way, to, way to stick to the format there. <laughs> that was, hey, by the way, that's what Pat McAfee said to um, CJ. Oh, my gosh, it's hilarious. I got to go find that clip so we can play it tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so CJ was on the Pat McAfee show. CJ, CJ like asked a, a question of Pat McAfee at one point when they started kind of playfully talking smack to each other. And Pat McAfee's like, we got Barbara Walters over here. <laughs> like, what? stick to the, hey, my name, you see my name? It's on that wall. It's on that wall. It's on that wall. Yeah, you do your that's job, funny. I'll do mine. That's, that's funny. <laughs> Ross Tucker. They were, they were talking a lot of smack to each other in a funny way. It was really good. Yeah. CJ was yeah. talking a lot of smack on Radio Row. He's, he was, yeah, including well, yeah, Will Ander- Will Anderson said that he talks a lot of smack in practice. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm concerned not to go too far off topic. We'll get back to the Astros, yeah. but just as long as we're talking about this, I I am concerned. I think Landry's concerned. I was just talking to him during the break. I don't want to put words in Landry's mouth, but this whole talking trash back and forth with Micah Parsons thing when they're playing in this basketball game together tonight. Yeah, it, there's nothing good that can come out of this. Like if CJ drops 40 in a celebrity game on Micah Parsons, what has he really accomplished? Whereas I think there's a possibility Micah Parsons, who let's face it, probably much clumsier than CJ Stroud, quarterback. Yeah. If they're ding up on each other, you know what I mean? If they're going one on one, man, Micah Parsons accidentally like undercutting him on a three point shot or something like that. I don't like this at all, man. Now that I think about it, I don't like it. Uh, given how, uh, given Micah Parsons' run defense, I'm guessing he doesn't care much about defense in basketball. Uh, so that's uh, oh, no, it's, it's the less glorious part of the game. CJ plus, was like, embarrassing him with some of the draft talk or some of the trash talk. CJ's like, man, what are you talking about? Your basketball? You're from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. <laughs> You're beating people up in the middle of Pennsylvania <laughs> yeah, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like, normally wired Micah Parsons, probably not that interested in it, but hyped up, like, trash talk to Micah Parsons. Well, and then the whole thing, too, is even if um, – because I would say the one more likely to get injured is Micah Parsons. If Micah Parsons tries to defend C.J. Stroud – like he's going to lose that battle, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, and is more likely to get injured, I think. But that doesn't really do much for us. Like injuring a cowboy only helps you if he's still injured come Super Bowl time, or and you know, once every couple of years in the regular season, it's not as big a deal, right? Right. Um. So, uh, visuals from social media videos that have been surfacing from the Astros. I'm actually way more optimistic after watching about a half dozen 15-second videos on social media. This is where I formulate my opinions. I'm not there at spring training. Justin Verlander throwing off a mound. Apparently everybody who tweeted the videos of that is leading us to believe this is an amazing thing, that he's throwing off a mound, so that's good. Fromber, no more. I'm calling it a weave, but we've got a lot of well actually on the text page. That it's well, called extensions. something else, yeah. Extensions, yeah, or extensions. I don't know if, like, yeah. The the, uh, the 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 ponytail thingy he's got is Gonzo now. He's back to twenty twenty two Fromber again. Back to basics. Back to basics. Back to yes, exactly. Um, I think this is actually the most important thing. The hair is whatever, but I think Fromber and Christian Javier both look to be in much better condition in the videos I've seen. Yeah, at least they've uh, they've paid attention to their diet in the offseason. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And um I got to tell you what, it's tough. I like I don't want to make it sound like it's as simple as this, but sometimes it is as somebody's capable of putting away large quantities of food. I don't know, after you get a after you get your big deal and um 
you know, like with Javier, and then you go back home, it's uh, and you're living the good life. It's it can be kind of tough. It yeah. can be kind of tough not to pack on a few extra pounds, even if you're still working out and everything. And the tricky thing about the off season is this is a this is where the the off season is a deceptive whore. It's that you convince yourself, hey, I'm getting stronger in the weight room. Just as fast as I ever was. Like maybe you're out doing some sprints and stuff. Yeah. You forget about the fact that you got to do it over and over and over again. And sometimes in the heat. And that like, yeah, that weight room strength doesn't transfer over to functional strength at, at the end of like your seventh inning in the game. Yeah. When you're so like, I, I think there, there may have been a little bit of that with Javier. Um, Framber, you know, he was living high on the hog after just being an all star and all that stuff. Uh, that, that maybe. They needed that one year to kind of reacclimate. Yeah. I do, I do, I will caution both of them, as many of our listeners backed me up on this earlier. One thing you know from living in Houston is that, yeah, you can lose a bunch of weight, you're still going to sweat a lot. Uh, don't have any fantasies that you're going to be like some Benedict Cumberbatch or something. Uh, you know, like wearing a, wearing a fancy suit and not sweating a bit or anything. You're still pretty big. You're going to sweat a lot. You Those are two of the heavier sweaters on the team. Yeah, big time, big time. The Angora sweaters is what they are. <laughs> yes. Um, but I feel like Bregman and Tucker's contract extensions or potential contract extensions get talked about way more than Framber right now. It feels yeah. like those two are at the tippy top of the list. I wonder how much of Framber, if indeed he is in better shape, like he looks in better shape. Who knows? Maybe the cameras caught him when his jersey was fitting a certain kind of way on him or whatever, or his body stretched a certain kind of way while he's throwing. Yeah. And wow, he looks well, thinner. He looks if he looks thinner. I guess with Framber, I don't know. I think sometimes mistake Framber's stockiness for being fat or something because he's not. I mean, he's a he's he's stout, you know, as like a thick in the right way dude. I, no, I'm with you. He looks thinner. I, I'm, he I'm looks totally thinner, with like you. he intentionally lost. Yeah, some weight. he yeah. he looks lighter. He he's still. I mean, he he you know he, he's never going to be Josh Hader. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where he's just as thin yeah. as a rail. But for for his I like that for his yeah. physique. He for his for his body type, he looks thinner than normal to me. Can in a good way. What creeps when we talk about Presley and Hater and that dynamic and everything, yeah. I can't help but cre- it creeps into my brain the fact that Hater sounds like Hater. Yeah, and like there's a naturally it naturally makes it more contentious. Like, yes, which is funny because like that word Hater has only been used as it has been for like the past really what less than ten years really yeah. hasn't it that Hater's been a mainstream thing. It's a la- uh, yeah, but, it's a later. But he feels usually. like a Hater now. Yeah, he's a hater. Like uh, you talk about Presley versus this hater over here. That's right. And uh, and then it makes me naturally kind of be like, yeah, whatever, hater. Yeah. Oh wait, you're one of us now. Silencing yeah. all the haters, Josh. Why are you being hater. so quiet? Yeah. Yeah. Um, hater with a D. It's hater with a D. Um, speaking of Pat McAfee, he gave JJ Watt the what for for his hair <laughs> earlier this oh, week. Oh, oh, good. Yeah. Okay. So JJ addressed this. Yeah, he did. Here we so go. So for for those of you that didn't see, real quick, yeah. uh, JJ had his hair spiked um, during the Super Bowl broadcast when he was doing the CBS studio, like a show. '90s boy and, band singer. Yeah, like a '90s. '90s was probably the era, maybe early 2000s. Look, very Mark McGrath like uh, back when he was Sugar Ray. So. Uh, he got a lot of hate for it. I actually like went back and tried to find like, is this one of those things that's actually back in style? But like, we the sports nerds don't know about it. Nope, that's not the case. Uh, they, he just went, he went off the reservation on this one. You partially expected. I mean, when you anytime you switch it up, especially when there's 125, 200 million people watching, you know, um, there's a chance for a reaction. But um, 
I definitely didn't know it was going to be like that. That's for sure. Um, what I think happened is the ratio of Spike to Don. But the rate, because as somebody who had that hairstyle at one point in my life, you know, the sloppy Spike there, uh, the ratio in which is up and down is a big part of the slot. I think Super Bowl Sunday, your hair was right. You know, your hair was right. There might have been a little bit more spike than Don, and everybody seemingly noticed. When you looked in the mirror, did you think to yourself, those people were wrong? I don't look like <laughs> a boy bander. No, I look good. Did you think that to yourself? No, no, they're, no. It's, I mean, they're all, all of them are fair. Yeah, I, I don't, I like it. So I, I really don't care. I Amen. think, hey, here we go. Amen. That's all Hell yeah. yeah. There's some Guy Fieri there. There's certainly some yes. Sugar Ray. There's definitely a little 90s boy tips. band action. Um, there's no frosted tips. I, I don't think it, it took me to that extreme, but I absolutely loved all of the, I mean, the memes and the jokes, they were great. They were hilarious. Did he, was he saying down? Yeah, yes. Up that's, or down? Yes, that's how people in Pittsburgh say down. No, it's not. He's exaggerating that. You're a, big, I know dude. a boatload of people from Pittsburgh. So the, but they the don't say it that extreme. I can understand what the hell they're saying when they try to say We're going to do a Pittsburgh accent segment on Monday. I, the hardcore Pittsburghers are, yeah, the, he's not far no, off. No, this feels like when Jennifer Lopez tries to remind you that she's actually from he the He may Bronx. be exaggerating like, I, it a little bit. He leans yeah, into the Pittsburgh. Yeah. I don't think, here's the thing, I don't think that's how he says it. He's just leaning into the Pittsburgh thing. He's you leaning know? into it. Yeah, that's yeah. his homage. That's sort of his tip of the okay. hat to his hometown. Upper he does that Don. a lot. He does that a lot with words that have that O.D. W sound in it. He Pittsburghizes okay. it. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I don't. It, I don't know. Like, so when he's talking there, it's like, okay, how spiky does it look? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's not Liberty spikes or anything like punk rock stuff. But he, uh, it, I, I think that one. I wonder if what JJ is doing is trying to do something to distinguish himself, um, which a lot of guys on TV like to do. Like whether you, whether it's like a crazy suit, mm -hmm. as we know here in Houston, is very good for basketball broadcasters. Yep. Um, or or something like that. Who was it? One of the guys was wearing an ascot for a while. Remember Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson was wearing an ascot. Yeah. Which I I knew it was Charles Woodson when I saw the ascot. Uh, yippee. So maybe okay. JJ. Well, you should wear a propeller hat then, suit. Seth. Just wear a propeller hat. I'd like you know what I'd like to wear is one of those big Russian fur hats. Okay, well we're on those YouTube. things are awesome. We're on YouTube and Twitch now. Knock yourself out. <laughs> you should. I want to be. I want to be that guy. I'm blanking on the the national broadcast basketball broadcaster that wears the crazy suits. Um, uh, oh 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 oh. Courtside that. Yeah, yeah, I forget. I, I, oh oh oh, he's uh, Craig Sager. He's yeah. Thank you, Craig Sager. Craig yes, Sager. Yep. Yes. Um. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you uh, on a Friday. All right, um, rumors of a contract extension for a wide receiver in the NFL. Should the Texans be in this market for Nico Collins? And Seth has been officially scared off two big targets, literally big targets for the Texans in free agency. That is next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, so the rumor mill yesterday was uh, spitting some smoke about possible contract extensions. Uh, at a position that I think is a, I think this is maybe the most intriguing, one of the most intriguing positions for the Texans this offseason, and that's the wide receiver position because Nico Collins is eligible for an extension. He's not a free agent. He's got one year left on his rookie deal. I think there's a lot of people out there that would like to sign Mike Evans. I know there's a lot of people out there that just are of general mind, like, man, if we can just get C.J. more weapons. And I do think, too, with wide receiver, that if you don't make a move, and you're going into next year. Well, if you don't make a move in free agency, then I think wide receiver immediately bumps up to one of your biggest needs in the draft, considering how deep this wide receiver group is coming into the league from college. But here was the tweet yesterday from Cam Marino, who is a national NFL writer. Says the Detroit Lions and star receiver Amon Ross St. Brown are in discussions that would give St. Brown an extension of at least three years at an annual salary of $25 million. So three years... $75 million. Those are the general parameters. Extending St. Brown is a priority for the Lions as they enter their offseason. So my thought immediately, Seth, goes to the Texans and two things. A, do we think that extending Nico Collins is as much a priority for the, Lions, or for the Texans as St. Brown is for the Lions? St. Brown is a true all-pro, Pro Bowl-level performer, Pro Bowl level performer right now. And two... How would we feel about three years, seventy-five million tacked onto Nico Collins' rookie contract, an extension? I would. Um, I, I think that Nico Collins is worth the futures bet on him. I like if they were to both be free agents right now. If you had to try to look at this as objectively as mm, possible, okay. if they're going to both be free agents right now, teams are going to look at Amon Ross St. Brown and say, "Well, okay, look, he's been durable as hell. He's produced for three straight years." There's no flukishness to this. Yeah, he's the guy, and we're going to be willing to pay him more money than Nico Collins. I think where the Texans maybe have an advantage is just that institutional knowledge of Nico Collins where they can think, okay, for one, look, we know what he was dealing with. Nico is dealing with in terms of quarterback, offensive coordinator, and head coach for his first two years uh, of his career. And two, and you brought this up, and it's a really good point, 
Nick had mentioned that Nico Collins changed his routine, you know, in his physical preparation. Every, he addressed the issues that had maybe caused the, the injury issues and that they feel really good about that. So I think from a Texan standpoint, I try real hard to take off the Homer rose-colored glasses and everything on these and be as skeptical as possible. I think it's, I think it's, I think you pay Nico Collins. You know, I, this is similar to like Debo Samuel. Look, if Nico Collins had gone and played in San Francisco and like say he was in the same situation as Debo Samuel where he's playing in that system, uh, but maybe didn't have the perfect quarterback, but a good enough quarterback to produce and everything. And Debo Samuel got to the point where he felt like, OK, I deserve I, I deserve a, a certain contract. Um, I think Nico would have been in that same position. Mm-hmm. Nico would have been just as productive. I, maybe not as, as, as physically imposing in some ways, but I think he's, he has some receiver attributes, uh, like classic receiver attributes that it might be better than Debo Samuel in some respects. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you pay him now because it's only going to get more expensive next year. Yeah, it's a lot of it. If you're going three years, $75 million for for Nico, and just for some perspective, that would put him – as of right now, and we're, I'm just going to use average annual value because it's the easiest yeah. thing to, to understand on the radio. Right now, average annual value at the wide receiver position, starting at the top, Tyreek Hill, $30 million, Devontae Adams, $28 million, Cooper Cup, $26 million and change, A.J. Brown, fourth on the list, $25 million. So $25 million a year puts you in that, in that sort of company. And I guess if you're the Texans and you do that, I would say there's a couple things that work here. One is Nick has shown he's not afraid to – pay or even overpay for guys that he has to use your word Seth institutional knowledge of like yeah they're willing to and I use the three extensions given out on the offensive line last year and Malik Collins extension that he got last year as evidence of that that if they know what you're all about they're willing to make it very very right with you at least if at least with those guys they were I think they feel good about Nico too I think the other thing with Nico Purely as a player, look, St. Brown's numbers are better. He also played with better a better quarterback for the totality of those three years. Um, I know pro football focus is what it is, but I think this is indicative of the player Nico is. He's third overall for wide receivers on the pro football focus ratings, which I think takes into account the the how complete a wide receiver he's become. He, uh-huh. he runs the slant routes. We saw him beat guys deep throughout the season. He runs guys over. He takes hits over the middle. He's a chain mover. He's a field stretcher. He, he blocks. Works well with, he works well with CJ in the scramble drill. Yes, as we saw yes. versus the Colts. He yeah. blocks. I think. I, I mean, I think that's something that has to be factored in as well. I, I think that's a class. It's a classic instance of hey, you look at a guy like you look at a guy like Nico, and and I I, I kind of like to try to think of it this way sometimes. Like, sure, you can replace him in the draft. But honestly, how many third-round picks are, is it going to take to replace uh, like Nico Collins? How right. often do you hit on a third-rounder that ends up being like Nico Collins? Right. So to replace Nico, you're going to have to use a first or a second-round pick, and it might take two or three of them to actually land on the right guy. Yeah. So that is an instance where you've got a guy in his prime, and I think he's wired the right way. I think, that, and that's big with De, that's big with D'Amico. Um, it's just all right. Is a guy wired the right way? Is this the kind of guy I can point to young guys and say, "Hey, be more like Nico." I don't know if we were sure of that before. Right. Like now, after watching this season, I'm I'm a hundred percent positive of it. Oh, okay, yeah. I, like I felt like he was a good dude that maybe needed a little guidance. I I just wasn't sure. Like now, I can see. All right, yeah. This like he's doing everything they ask him to do. 
and and he's excelling at yeah. it. So I, I feel really good about extending him. Yeah, I think three three seventy five over three on paper is probably a bit of an overpay, but it's, I'd be excited if they did it. Well, now is that? Can I ask you? Is that not kicking in until after next year? After his rookie, yeah, so, I think it's it's so is it like on. a four? So it's really a four year deal. Like in some yeah, yes, and yeah, yeah four year if you're counting the last year of his rookie deal as one of those years. I yeah. like well, I like to think of it as okay, you got him for four more years. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, I'll tell you how the agents are going to position it: three years, seventy five million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You have been officially, I'm using your word here, officially scared off of Justin Matabike and Chris Jones for the Texans. If um, and, and don't get me wrong, I think they're great football players. I think for spending a boatload of money on them. I'm not. I'm not into it. Um, and there, it's for different reasons. With Chris Jones, I just I've, I've watched Chris Jones this year, maybe more closely than I had before, and I'm very, very, very impressed with the way he comes up huge in all the right moments. You know that, that Buffalo game. He had the last two. He had the last two pressures of the game that ended up winning the game for the Chiefs. Um, you know, he was, he was unblocked in that, in that 49ers game and yet still, uh, you know, made the key play there Absolutely. at the very end of the game mm-hmm. uh, to get pressure on Brock Purdy. I, there's, but there's an inconsistency, and I'm glad that Nate Tice pointed this out. So Nate Tice did this on Yahoo Sports. But it's the difference in his play in the fourth quarter compared to the first three quarters. So, like... <laughs> So, like, okay, you can think back to the 49ers. This is, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Think back to the 49ers in the Super Bowl, how they were running up the middle at will in the first half, yeah. you know, and then it, everything dried up a little bit by the fourth quarter. So, Chris Jones had a run-stop rate of 4.3% in the first three quarters during the regular season. What's that mean? Don't worry too much about it. It's how often you're stopping the run on any given snap. But it's the lowest rate by any defensive tackle over the last two seasons. They had had at least 150 snaps. So, like, he's in the first three quarters, he's just really, really, um, I would say bad. Like, he still occupies space. They run a defense where they blitz a lot, so maybe sometimes it doesn't harm them as much because, okay, he's occupying the B gap and the backer's taking the A gap, but he's just not productive at all. This year, especially, like, going into his free agency year, in the first three quarters of the game, the entire season long, he had a total of nine tackles versus the run. Like, in, compared in, to in, other seasons. In the first three yeah. quarters of all In the games. first three quarters, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and, like, and, and he just generally doesn't get a lot of tackles to begin with. So, uh, yes, it's awesome that he comes up with these huge plays in these big moments. Yeah. I think he's fearsome as hell as a pass rusher. I'm very, very skeptical that D'Amico and Nick are going to look at him and say, yeah, we want to. We want Dude. this guy to be the prime example of like what we're going to pay for, and we want the young guys to see this because he's just he cruises. He just cruises until the big moments, and then he comes up huge in those big moments. And I, I like maybe that's maybe that's not a big deal. Maybe like the analytics show that that's just fine. Obviously, you can win a Super Bowl with that, and you can have a really good defense. I just don't know if in uh, in the infancy of D'Amico's coaching career if that's necessarily who he wants to give the most money in the league I I couldn't believe when you said that number earlier the nine tackles and just to give it some perspective in quarters one through three this season of all the games he played in Chris Jones was on the field for 185 snaps against the run and got tackles on nine of them that's a that's a guy who plays the interior who is looking for 30 million dollars a year Right, right. Nine yeah. tackles mean, on 185 snaps. Yeah. Well, he'll probably and and but he's also you know he's 
he's awesome at making an impact in the game. I just I I try not to I try not to let my old school grumpy tendencies yeah. creep in here. Uh, but like I think D'Amico's got old school grumpy tendencies when it comes to stuff like this. I don't know if it's a, it's not the swarm mentality. Well, it's not the, it's it? it's not the swarm mentality. And here's the question you have to ask yourself yeah. if you're D'Amico Ryan's. We got to get to Matabike too. Here's the question you got to ask yourself on Jones. Do you have the other guys around him to make up for whatever the glitch is in right. quarters one through three? To get value out of the fourth quarter, Chris do Jones. We, do we, uh, and then on the back end, do we have Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie? We do not. Or anybody no. like that. Not really. There's a Derek Stingley, but we don't know who the other cornerback right. is. It's just, it's not the same situation. It's not, and, and I think crucially, yeah, it's not the same style of play. Yeah. Like, Spagnolo is going to blitz the hell out of things, and sometimes those gaps are just accounted for by blitzers. That's not going to be D'Amico. As far as Matabike, now Matabike, I really love in terms of his effort, his hustle, all that stuff. I think that's for real. I think you can pay Matabike, and he's going to play just as hard as he ever has, because that's another part about Chris Jones either. Like, I'm just, I'm not so sure he's the kind of guy that gets paid and then keeps the same fire. Mm-hmm. I think Matabike is the guy, the guy that gets paid and keeps the same fire. But John Crumpler, who I know listens to the show, uh, but John Crumpler pointed this out on Twitter. He's a great follow for Texans fans. Um, he led the NFL in sack rate amongst defensive tackles. Which, that's great. You know, um, amongst defensive tackles with at least 300 pass rush snaps, though, he was in the bottom 20 in double team rate. Okay. So, like, he, he got a bunch of sacks, and that's awesome. But he was on a defense where they managed to get guys singled up a lot. And if you're going to pay for double-digit sacks from an interior defensive lineman, can you expect that he's going to get those with the Texans? Yeah. I'm, I'm not so sure. So, like, I don't want to pay for the production that somebody's going to pay him for and then not get that production. And, like, and again, I think Matabiko played just as hard as he ever did. It's just it's going to be a different scheme and different scenarios. I don't want to pay, I don't want to pay a guy for, you know, 16 sacks that that's not going to perennially get 16 sacks. Yep. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Friday. Um, I'm going to send Texan fans into the week happy. The big question that was on Get Up this morning here in studio, the ESPN show, should make you feel very, very good about a move your team made and the direction your team is going. We'll tell you what it was next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela 
is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Texan fans, a lot of reasons to be happy. Um, and I don't know, like this, this worked for me, but the big question on Get Up This Morning, Get Up, the ESPN show hosted by Mike Greenberg, was, and I just glanced up at the screen and saw this, I don't know what the impetus for this was. I don't know if Deshaun Watson being back on the radar with legal news is why this was up there. But the question, Seth, and the question that I saw, that if I were a Browns fan, I would be like, oh, when is it going to end? Should the Browns trade Deshaun Watson for Daniel Jones? (laughs) That's where we are. That's where we are. Should the Browns trade Deshaun Watson for Daniel Jones? They should. They 100% should. There's no reason not to. I guess That's, if they could do it with Joe Flacco in Cleveland, then you can pull it off with Daniel Jones. I do. I do think, Sean, as I was driving uh, nowhere, as, oh, and I flew into Chicago. I was flying over Chicago, and I we had a really good uh, view. We were landing in Midway, and I had a really good view of the stadium uh, as we as we came off the lake overland towards the airport, and. My God, it looked so cold and Dude. so windy and so miserable. And there is something to the fact that uh, like Chicago and Cleveland um, have a hard time getting quarterbacks to play well. And maybe some of it's just flukish bad luck, but some of it is that they play immediately on a lake. And it, the weather is just different there. I've played in both places. It's just different. Like you can feel it feels like you're like you're on a lobster boat in the Bering Strait or something. It's just a different bite to the wind when it's bad weather up there and especially when it's cold. And I just don't I don't think you can put up good numbers. Buffalo, I know people are going to point out Buffalo. Buffalo's like 10 miles inland and that makes a difference. It's just that it's that much more harsh when you're right on the water. And I like, yeah, I, I wonder if maybe they would be maybe Cleveland would be better off with a quarterback that they know um, is just going to be happy to be treated right and doesn't need to be legendary or anything like that. He can use his legs really well. You know, like they could, they could, in that system, in that Kevin Stefanski system, I think it might make a lot of sense to bring in Daniel Jones and maybe you get the best version. You got the best version of Joe Flacco in some regards. Get the best version out of Daniel Jones. And then uh, Deshaun can go to a place where maybe the weather and, uh, d- and everything else is a little bit more hospitable. It's, to him. well, it's a little, it's still cold in New York, but it's New York. You know, it's well, but you know, but I'm not talking about the cold. I'm talking about wind, the yeah, actual, yeah. like the everything else. Like, like I said, right. there's a reason Buffalo has right. had good quarterbacks compared to those other places. It's not as bad in Buffalo. Yeah, I don't um, think I don't think Deshaun likes the cold either. Like cold or wind, yeah. any of it. I mean, he's you know he's from Georgia, played here in a dome. You know, like I don't know that Ian Rappaport told me that it was all about um, just all of the circum. It was about the football that mattered. To I him, was told that too. To I, I'm just I'm reading tea leaves when he I said do it didn't that have immediately. anything to do with money. I know, I know, he said, yeah. He said, he said that as he was telling us he had signed an incredibly, not just a record-breaking, but like record. You have to understand, Deshaun's contract, it was like if somebody broke the pole vault record by three feet. 
You know, like, oh, like usually the pole vault record gets broken and it's like by a half inch yes. or something or a, a centimeter, a whatever. Way to put it, yes. If like, it was like, nope, it was a, it was a, it was a damn kilometer. <laughs> ran the 100 yard like, dash. He went up over a cloud, he did, yeah. Yeah, he ran a 3940. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, he just destroyed the record, but somehow it wasn't about the money. Well, they would, here's the thing, I guess with Cleveland, not to get too nerdy on the salary cap ramifications, they nerd would, out, Sean. They would take a massive cap hit because they They've taken basically almost his entire money from the first two years of the deal and shoved it into the last three. So that money would hit as soon as they trade him. So you're talking about, I mean, you're talking about like upwards of 60, 70 million bucks. They would get out from underneath the last three years of the deal. You know, the three, they, the, whoever traded for Deshaun would inherit that. They would inherit his guaranteed salaries in 2024, 2025, and 2026. Dude, I'm looking at a power ranking, a QB index from Nick Shook on NFL.com mm-hmm. and ranking the 66 quarterbacks that started games in the NFL this year. Deshaun Watson is 26th on the list in between Jake Browning and Aiden O'Connell. That's what Ooh. you traded for. Jake Browning yeah. and Aiden O'Connell are making a Deshaun Watson sandwich in these rankings right here. It, uh yeah, that's the other thing that I'll see when when people in Cleveland try to talk themselves into like, no, Deshaun's just as good as he ever has been. They'll point out bad throws and point out that like it was windy that day or something. Like, yeah, well, that's what you're gonna get. You I mean, like, you're it. not like you're gonna have windy days. Yep. It's not gonna stop being windy in Cleveland. Yeah, you can build a dome. Has now Haslam did hint at building a domed stadium. But that's probably not. I mean, that's like four years down the road. Yeah, his so contract will be up they, by then. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, what, if they, what if they build the Dome Stadium with the thought that even if Deshaun sucks for the next four years, that by then, by then, they'll be ready when that, st- when that Dome Stadium is complete. I wonder uh, if Cleveland fans would approve of a Dome Stadium in Cleveland. Don't the, doesn't the Dog Pound feel like an outdoor group? Like, I think in Green Bay, there's no way they'd ever have a Dome Stadium in Green Bay. In Buffalo, they're not building a dome stadium, and they just almost yeah, they I had think a playoff a game. Fan. The playoff game postponed because of snow in Buffalo. Yeah, I think there's a lot of Buffalo fans that aren't happy about that. Though. Okay, I think that was. The, I remember it, it seemed like a lot of people were like, "What? What the hell are we doing here? Why are we not building a dome stadium?" Okay, okay. So, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't. That's like that's one of those things where you swear you'll always drive a manual transmission. And raise your hand if you're still driving a manual transmission. Maybe yeah. at some point back in the. Back in the eighties, it's kind of a girl move to drive an automatic. And like now you're like, oh stick okay. shift. Baby. Sure is nice. Just it, just pushing the gas oh, and going. Yeah, right. I'm too old for that yeah. stick shift stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I think the domed the dome stadium is the automatic transmission that Browns fans could get used to. Okay. The two quarterbacks on the I'm just I'm skimming through this index here, this QB index. The two quarterbacks, I mean, this is a this is one of those things like the Texans are in such a good spot right now. And I don't want to say you like you dodge a bullet, but like, who knows if Deshaun, let's say Deshaun never had the lead. Let's say everything worked out fine with Deshaun, never had legal problems, never wanted to trade. Are you better off with Deshaun Watson at $40 million a year in 2024 than with CJ Stroud? You like, would he still, would he be the, if he hadn't missed, I think a lot of Deshaun being the player he is now has to do with the time that he's missed. Like, he was gone for yeah. two years. Um, yeah. Like, would it have all been just fine? Like, I look at Bryce Young as 41st on this list of 66 quarterbacks. Like, that's who we were rooting but to get I, a year ago, you, you know? You know what, though? The thing about the two years missed, I, like, it, to me, that feels like the fact that that's an issue is wrapped up in some of the things that led to Deshaun's issues in the first place. Because no matter how... 
you know, like no matter how guilty, non-guilty, whatever you think he is, Deshaun himself admitted to like basically leading a lifestyle that was not, you know, the the best of lifestyles. To like he he yeah. at the very, very, very least, we knew that he was not handling his business. Well, yeah. Okay. Then we'll say that at the very least. Yep. Um, at the very least, and. The other players have missed two years and come back and been good football players. Mike Vick. Mike Vick went to jail, came back, had missed, really ended up, did he miss three years? He played some wide receiver that first year. He, he did. Back. Yeah, t- yeah. yeah. 2010 was the first year where he was full-time starting quarterback. And he, yeah. he went so, away in 07. Yeah, I mean, if, if if you use two years off as an excuse, I feel like that's there's more to the picture than that. It's not like he, it's not like it was two years and it was between the age. It's not like the... The two years it took him from 33 to 35. He's still in his physical prime. I, I think the biggest thing with Deshaun, and I felt this when he was going through all the legal stuff and eventually he was going to have to play again, I don't think Deshaun likes not being liked. I think that messes with him. I think it messes oh, with him yeah. psychologically, that he's not popular, that he's not a well-liked player, that he's not I mean, he's not considered one of the marquee quarterbacks anymore because he stunk the last couple of years. But even if he were good... He, I think there'd still be a little bit of toxicity to putting Deshaun Watson yeah. on the same plane as Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and C.J. Stroud, quite honestly, if we're going to yeah. take that list out to five or six guys. Plus, plus Deshaun doesn't pay the lease on his, on his cheese stick joints. Cheese steak joints. You don't remember? Like Not he the ones be, here. He stopped paying the leases on his, uh, on, on his Houston cheese steak joints. I need That's to know. A, he, he just opened one in Ohio because I yeah. saw it on his Instagram. I need to know how those are doing. They have quite a few. They've they've opened more. They have, there's one in Tampa now or something. So I guess they're doing all right. Yeah. I, or at least, well, I mean, he's got the money to stick it out through the lean years and the the first part of it. This is one thing when it comes to not being liked. I this is one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen, and yet also I think it's like encouraging for CJ and how he handles perhaps like negative fan reception mm-hmm. at times when mm-hmm. things are going to be tough or when people are doubting him or what have you. Yep. A, he's already been through it at Ohio State. But B, it was in his original interview on the pivot last year in the offseason where he was talking about how when his dad went to jail, you know, his dad had been a pastor and they'd been, you know, they they worked, you know, CJ himself worked in the church and every weekend they'd be out on outreaches and giving out food and everything. And he, and he said that when his dad went to jail, none of those people that he had helped were there for him yeah. after that. Yeah. And and he said it though, the really the key thing about it was he didn't say it with any anger or animosity or vitriol. He said it in a way that was just like he didn't have any illusions about how way, the way things work in the world. Um, you know, and like I I feel like it was one of those things that for him cuz he went through a period where he was really angry at the world. And like for him to get to the point where he can understand something like that, like really get the imperfections of humans and yeah. like the, the storybooks are largely just, just that. Um, I, I think he probably has a pretty realistic approach about like, yeah, there's going to be times when the fans hate you and just that that's life, you know, and you gotta be, you just gotta remember that when you're feeling awesome about how, how everybody loves you and everything. Yeah. And that like that, that that's how you make it through adversity is like, you're not being disillusioned in the middle of it. No, he went to Ohio state. He knows, Yeah, <laughs> he knows, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows, uh, guys, I'm just now tuning in, but geez, the CJ Stroud performance last night, I'm assuming the Travis Scott softball game is what the texter's talking about. My God, he has me super, 
super nervous about this offseason. Someone has to pull back the reins. He goes 150% on every play. I'm telling you, tonight, if he does anything more than jog up and down that court and shoot 30-footers, I'm going to be so nervous watching this thing tonight. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Need, I don't I, need you jumping, CJ. Okay, so uh, earlier you had asked how I feel about it, and I said I'm trying to act like it doesn't bother me. I'm trying to act like I'm way cooler you than I am. You're more nervous it. now, haven't you? No, well, a little bit, yeah. Because I, I, now that you described that, the 150 miles per hour, I'm thinking of, we've talked about this before, the receiver slash kick returner, the white kid from Iowa that played for the Falcons. Tim Dwight. Tim Dwight. I remember like the week leading up to the Super Bowl. It was in Miami that year, right? Yeah. Um, like, the, like Tim Dwight was out on a wave runner, like gunning it over ocean waves and everything and just talking about that's the way he lives his life, baby. Like, what, what are you doing? Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Can you not live your life like that just one week later than right now? What are you doing? Hick. My God. You hick from Iowa. Tim Dwight. <laughs> he was so fast. He was really fast. He was really fast. Um, John Lopez hey in, there. in the house. Hey, did you warn Clint and Ron before you threw away all their Mad Dog 2020? No. <laughs> okay. There were people on the text page saying you warned them first. No, the I'm day like, before during confessions, I said if they're – so they could have heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said if those bottles are still here tomorrow, I'm throwing them out. Okay, that counts as a warning. I okay, guess. Okay, so you didn't warn them yeah. face-to-face. Yeah. You used a segment on your show to warn them, which Correct. is smarter. Correct. Because more people hear it. Um, Correct. Yeah, I got the, I got the evidence out there. I've got receipts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I Seth and I kind of hashed this out a little bit earlier. You mm-hmm. know, we tried to put it through our court system here on Payne and Pendergast. <laughs> um, we think you were right in removing them from the studio. Correct. It is Clint and Ron's property, so throwing it out in the garbage altogether might have been over the top. But it is our studio. It is our studio, but we have several empty studios where you could have placed it and let them choose what to do with it. You chose what to do with that Mad Dog 2020. (laughs) Now, where Seth and I differ, and where I agree with Clint Sterner, is you did put quite the onus on the diminutive cleaning people Okay, (laughs) that have to lift... I, now, gonna, Clint went over the top saying they got to yeah, drag thanks. in 19 stories. I'm with <laughs> like, you on that. But that, but that is a little treacherous, having 12 glass okay, bottles okay. in the bag there. It's Seth's on your side. Their job. It's, <laughs> it's their job. <laughs> I didn't say that. No, Seth listen, John. That. John, this is how I framed it. I say Clint doesn't respect women enough to think that they can that too. That, that too. Yeah. It was a misogynist yeah, take by I him. Guess. Like he's like acting like, oh, hey, here, little lady, let me help you with that. Dragon, Clearly, it's too heavy for a lot you. Of layers. To this. Dragging yeah. it down nineteen floors. Yeah, that was over the top. There's this thing called an elevator. Right, right, yeah. right. No, I, I reread Clint's tweet and took that part out, and it made it sound just fine. He didn't need to do that. Because it's a lie. They don't take it 19. They, they ride an elevator 19. Actually, do they even ride at 19? The lobby's no, on floor plus three. They put, they put it into a cart three yes. feet outside the studio door. Yes. It's, yeah. not like they're, it's not like they're taking every bag of garbage and taking it down to the dumpster and then coming back uh, up and filling another I, I, I take, one. I take it all back. I'm all in the That's loop. That's another on one. one. Yeah. I tell, I'm all Lopez on this one. I'm Team Lopez. Glad you threw it out, John. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.